Report. Everything's status quo, sir. Very well. If um, anyone needs me, I'll be in my ready room. Readier Room, the only and longest-running Star Trek The Next Generation rewatch podcast hosted by people who worked on Star Trek The Next Generation and on this rewatch podcast. Every week we're bringing you behind-the-scenes stories of Star Trek The Next Generation. My name is Mitchell Mells, Chief Consultant of Services at Paramount, and with me is my partner Brandon Hobbs, former Head of Resources Management. Brandon, how are we? How are you today? Mitch, can I be honest with you? Uh, no, but sure. Okay. Uh, I'm doing great. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. I I feel like you, you not only do you do great, you do greater each week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, each, each new episode of TNG fills me with so much energy and life. Um, I feel like I'm 40 again. It's, it's a portal into our, our past and our youth and uh the exuberance that comes with those things mm-hmm. the uh the drug-fueled late nights and the drug-fueled early afternoons mm-hmm. and the drug-fueled evenings right and the, the drug-fueled nightmares right that peppered all of this the uh the sleep paralysis they say that you shouldn't do a line before going down to bed, but... Right, or before going down in general. Right. Or doing a line while down there. Right. Yeah, that's just... It comes some kind of tumbleweed. They do say not to lay on your back. Right, right. Same thing with babies. Yeah. Although... Maybe maybe, maybe demons like to sit on babies' chests. <laughs> They're not sit, the only ones on baby's chest. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned this. Um, are you familiar with SIDS? Uh, sudden infant death syndrome? Yes. The one and only. Mm. Um, so apparently, in when SIDS was like getting a lot of media attention, um, it, it came out that you should... It was either you should put a baby on its back or you should not put a baby on its back. You know, whatever. Um, yeah. But it turned out that whatever the popular advice was at the time turned out to actually increase SIDS. <laughs> so there was a well, whole... Yeah, yeah, you're not supposed to put them on their back, right? Because they'll, like, choke. on well, like I... They'll throw up and choke on it. I don't know exactly what is the common knowledge, but um, the point is a lot of doctors and, and um, pediatricians and uh, news outlets were putting out this information that you should handle babies a certain way, and the opposite turned out to be true. So, <laughs> a lot of doctors inadvertently um, got babies uh, killed. Killed a bunch of babies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they have blood on their hands. They shat on their chests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! One of my favorite things, like I, I'm partial when it comes to dead babies. Okay. Um, just the fact that if you shake them enough, they'll die. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, was this thing even meant to live if if it can die this easily? Right. I'm I'm picturing like some hunter gatherers just you know being nomadic and running around and you know the baby just gets shaken up when they're going through a rocky <laughs> field. Its brain is just bouncing off to the sides of its skull. Right. I guess that's why they're so stupid. Early man. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And then, 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 of course, babies have that stupid, like, soft part of their skull. Right. No, don't touch it. They, they always tell me that. Right. Don't touch right, it. Right. Right. And don't it's like I it. just want to touch it. I know. It, it feels so good. Yeah. Like, who are they to say not, like, don't touch it? It's squishy. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it just? Have you seen these? Um. These... I, I mean, you know, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Got a gotcha mole. This... Yeah. Exactly. Have you have you seen this gotcha um where it's just a, a picture of a random person's face? No. Is it is it without that person's knowledge? Ooh, that would be nice. That would be nice. I don't think so. They would probably have to be paid for 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 their likeness, but uh yeah, you can just you can just go into a to a gotcha machine and get a picture of an old man. Pretty good. Yeah. That that beats a lot of the the things I've seen in gotcha machines. There's a surprising culture around, which I didn't know this, because most of the gotchas that you see out in the wild, right, are like little anime guys, or maybe like dogs. Right. Or like, like pictures dogs, of sushi. Like magnets. Yeah. Um, there's a surprising culture with gotcha machines. If you go to like a big gotcha place, uh-huh. that uh, it's like a ton of little like miniatures like like uh items to to build like a little miniature classroom or a uh brewery or like a train train stop train platform okay yeah nuts. you have to collect them all to build the full set yeah 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 yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah. you have to collect more than one of each <laughs> which it's is insane you. but i love miniatures Really? Do you like yeah. them more than um, Maximatures? Well, Maximatures would, by by nature, just take up too much room. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, but they you can admire the finer details more easily. I suppose. Are they finer at that point? Yeah, um, for sure, because there's going to be more scrutiny placed upon them. You have to make a, ma- a Maximature with, more, with a more finely tuned hand. Mm. And uh, gotta gotta up the resolution. Exactly, miniatures. You look at them; it's just like some smooth face without without any features. It's too mini. Mm. Now, the in Japan, do you know where I like to buy my miniatures? Uh, where? Uh, at the local mini stop. Yeah, where they sell them. <laughs> Mini stop is a trip, isn't it? It it's, is. Uh, it's kind of a shitty place. <laughs> it's it's bizarro world for convenience stores. It is. <laughs> there's like there's like one within like a, a fifty mile radius. Yeah, and it's so all how you always end up next to it. <laughs> whenever you need, and not just oh, I need a bottle of water. I could buy this anywhere, but whenever you want to buy like a hot snack. And it's you look at right. mini stop, and you're like, I don't want to. <laughs> Never mind. 
Does Ministop even have hot hot food? I think they do. Although, to be honest, I've stayed away from them long enough that I can't quite remember. Um, there, but... There's a Ministop in Thomas Center that mm-hmm. on that side... It's like it's like unless you want to walk another ten minutes, you have to go or like like to get to Lawson or whatever. You have to go to the mini stop. Um, and I've been there a few times, and each time I'm like, "How does this place exist?" Do you rank like, mini stop higher than Sunkist? Sunkist. Sunkist, maybe it's it, it's the one oh, with Sunkist. Like, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the walking Sunkist. Sunkist. That's that's Circle K. They they got um they got bought out by whom? Family Mart, I think. Uh, well, they always looked like a off-brand Seven Eleven. Uh, I think the colors were the they, same. Do do you still see them around? No, they, they it was like orange or something, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was orange with a veneer of the Seven logo. Hold on. Um, I maybe, maybe they got bought by Seven Eleven. I saw them as recently as two years ago. Yeah, that was. I think they got they got bought fairly recently and they probably just hadn't you know converted all their stores at that point and he began i think they're supposed to go away yeah yeah there's gonna be like one left in the entire country like babbage's right they have the ugliest fucking logo of all time this k with shoes on yeah 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 i don't know why this i thought it was controversial it's clearly you know because because you oh 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 sun kiss yeah yeah yeah, it's sunk us, right? Right. Sunk us, as in they sunk us. They sunk our battleship. E4. Um, I feel like I like them more than Family Mart. Family Mart is certainly not great. But I'll say this about Family Mart. They have not um, strangled the free market with a, in their own brand of... of hmm various drinks like uh like carbonated water because <laughs> nothing pisses me off more than walking into a 7-eleven and not being able to find wilkinson right <laughs> it straight up ruins my day to buy the sun the store brand right car- yeah carbonated no, water that's why i only go to, to lawson if i can i i don't i don't know what bizarro world people live in that lawson isn't the best convenience store the food's not great I think the bentos at Seven Eleven. The bentos at Seven Eleven are better. I don't know if I agree with that. It depends. Well, it's on, been a while, so depends on what you get. Seven Eleven bizarrely has two kinds of bentos. If you get the ones with the, the little green grass divider, that they're not right. good. They're made. I, they must be made by a different company. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another type of box that is pretty good um, in the Seven Eleven, and that's that's usually what I like. Um. Lawson has better bread. Sure. I buy that. Which is what I go to convenience for anyway. If I want a bento, I'll just go, I'll try to find a bento store. 7-Eleven has recently started up these curry breads um, wow. as a hot snack. Not not in like plastic packaging on the shelf, but behind the counter. Right. And they're, sure. they're really good. Cool. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, curry bread's always good. Yeah. That's a... a Menchikatsu kind of guy, though. I do not like I do not like Menchikatsu. Oh my god! I can't get into it. I've tried. And there's, there's a place in uh-huh. uh, Kichijoji where people line up like the second this place opens to get Menchikatsu from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it sells out quick, and 
it's delicious, but it's like the richest thing I've ever tasted. I could barely finish it. It's so rich. It's like so fatty and like you would hate it. You would hate this fucking Menchikatsu. But it's really good. I, I tend to have that problem with um, Karage, which, depending mm. on where you get it, if if it's more meat than breading, like uh, that ratio is really, really off. It's just too juicy and fatty to even eat all of it. Um, you mm. just you just kind of want to off yourself at the end. <laughs> which is yeah, why... you feel kind of sick. Right, which is why I really like, and we've had this debate a lot, that's why I really like Nankotsu, because right. the, the bone and the breading, they make up a much larger percentage of, of it that you're not swallowed in grease. Well, you know, you could just go to, to Toriki and get the half-burnt, mostly bread uh, <laughs> chicken. You know, I don't think I've ever been there. Yeah, you know, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure we've been together. Probably, actually, but I might might have been too inebriated to recall it's it's probably just more like it was like a whatever place it's it's it's, it's cer- just like certainly any not other great fucking, yeah it's just cheap so which is fine i'll I mean, say this i have no love for izakayas um you're nuts you're nuts like sure if you just want a place to sit down and drink it's fine but i'm never gonna be like happy about going to one it's more of like Whoa. my happiness will scale directly with my company, I'm never gonna enjoy it that's for the itself. Thing. <laughs> right, that's the, I, you go with with like a group of people, and that's the whole right. point. But I, I could get into. I could have that much fun and enjoyment and uh, satisfaction from what I'm eating and drinking by standing outside of a convenience store like a degenerate. Yeah, sure, that's fair. That's fair, and I mean that's that's usually the way to go. Right. Anyway, no matter what, it, if, it, if you're gonna go to a sit down place, it's like go to a fucking restaurant. Is, Yakiniku. Yeah. You know. That's I, even like if, if you're talking about group outings, that's better than Izakaya, probably. Yeah, although I will say that there's less um awkward social expectations at the Izakaya than at Yakiniku. Because the Yakiniku. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's always like busybodies fucking cooking the meat and shit. Right. It's, and it's like, like, eat, eat, eat. Here, have this. Right. It's like, oh, do, now do I gotta do some right. amount of cooking to, <laughs> to not look like a Which, complete retard which isn't fun which it, like if if you, i i i like going with with someone who's like a designated meat cooker right so i don't have to do anything but actually um, being responsible for the meat is is a special kind of hell it sucks especially if you're the only one right well i, I would never land myself in that situation i would just <laughs> i would just say i'm done you you cook this i've cooked for the past 10 minutes or whatever um, but it's, yeah, there's, a, I really like the taste, obviously, so I continue to go, but there is a certain amount of stress, both socially and, uh, mechanically in, in having to tend a grill, a communal grill yeah. at that. Right. And then you smell afterwards, you, you know, you can't wear those clothes until you oh, take yeah, them to the dry cleaner. Smoky. Yeah. And a mm-hmm. normal wash just won't do it. It's the, it's the kind of smell you can't wash out that easily. Right. Well, I mean, it's. I think it's a good smell, personally. But he just let that fester for a few weeks. <laughs> In fact, I just wear the same clothes the next couple of days. <laughs> nice. Get on the a, get on the train. It's a, it's a natural deodorant. It, it does clear space. If you ever wanted to guarantee yourself a seat on the train, just wear your yakiniku clothes and then stand in front of somebody until they vacate their seat. Right. Or just molest them. Right. 
Well, it depends. Some people will just resign themselves to fate and and, and take it. <laughs> oh, what a magical country. Hell yeah. I learned something. I was talking to an acquaintance who passed out at a train station. And apparently all train stations just have these rooms with beds in them. What? Yeah. And this person, astoundingly, um, passed out at multiple train stations and woke up in multiple different bedded rooms. Uh, that's funny. Holy shit. Makes me it makes you think, like, does this just happen? Are people so stressed and overworked and crammed together that they just regularly pass out at train stations? Oh, 100%. Hunted P. I mean, you, you can't you can't see yourself doing that, or at least back in the day. I've I've almost passed out before. Um, yeah. Back when I used to ride up from uh, around Yokohama into Tokyo, which had like a continuous forty-five minute, completely packed train ride. Mm-hmm. Hated riding that. The Den and yeah. Toshi line. Fuck that line. The bingy wingy Den and Tingy. <laughs> As it's known. In some circles, <laughs> in, in in Britain, in, in the old UK, uh, yeah, I've I've overshot my train ride several times oh, after a night out. The worst, the worst. And then I try going up like employees only stairs. And I yell at. <laughs> like, the... I don't know how to get the fuck out of here. The real question is, how did they know you weren't an employee? Yeah, I know. Who do they think they are? I should have told them, sir. I work here. You should have stolen one of the hats the um the women wear with like the the raised rim. Oh, so I could smell it later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I imagine life is is like Hitman. You wear some element of <laughs> of a costume, and people just assume you're good to go. As long as you stay far enough away from them, like 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 you're, you're on the other side of the platform, and they stare at you, and you can just slowly walk by. Yeah, you get too close to somebody, and you awkwardly rotate like 270 degrees in place. <laughs> uh, I I would I would love to um, steal. A station employee's little hat, though, and just run away with it and watch them like try to try to run after me. I, I imagine they'd feel much like Mario sixty four, just powerless when the <laughs> monkey steals your hat. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's how they possess things, right? That's true. So presumably that that, that station drive the train. that station attendant would be free to go. <laughs> 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 liberating the entire <laughs> the entire workforce of of the JR line one hat at a time yeah yeah pretty what? soon you're on the news and it's like it's like that's that's your confession it's like i was the guy the world. I, I, I was i was i was trying to save everyone by by stealing their hats <laughs> that sounds like something a japanese person would do that does sound like a um uh, a plea for insanity defense. Right. Alright. Um, with that out of the way, I think it's time to get to our question of the week. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. The Star Trek? Star Trek. Um, so this week's uh. question of the week comes from Evart. Evart? Evart? 
in uh, Texas who says, uh, Dear Admirals, if you could be any race in Star Trek, what would it be? Thanks for the show. I love the show. I love you. Thanks for everything, Edvard. That's a great question. It really sets the synapses uh, alight with possibility, you know? Um, You got Klingons, Romulans, of course, some more out there species like the Crystalline Entity, or um, uh, what are those blue guys with the seam running down their face? Uh, I don't know. The only blue guy I can think of is is Wesley's weird friend from the academy that has to breathe. Yeah, that guy that. with the mister, or um, he could be the traveler, the weird like three fingered right. pedophile. Right. Um, there's a lot of possibilities, and I've thought about this. Yeah, we've all thought about this in passing, but um, I think if I had to choose one, I'd probably go for a human. Mm. Um, I remember watching Deep Space Nine as I often do, and. They showed that you could teleport between places like New Orleans and the Starfleet Academy at the drop of a hat. And that level of convenience is just unparalleled, I think. Wow. It's it, yeah. science fiction give, giving these windows into new realities and new possibilities and future worlds. It's just, just amazing. I mean, think about it. You could transport to the grocery store do your shopping and then transport it all home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is true. That is really convenient. And I guess my question is like, do the Klingons have the same convenience when it's time to, to return to the home world to celebrate Shockloth or whatever? Well, there's no honor in convenience. Right. I think that's established. So I, th- I think you might be on the mark with this one. I, I, w- I want to hope so. Although, you- mm-hmm. could I be a Q? Oh, now AQ or Q? Like Corbin Burnson Q or or John Delancey Q? <laughs> or that that young harlot Q from that one episode? Yeah, I'd like to be a sexy Q. Okay, okay. Now, if she was half Q, half human. Ooh, wait, wait, wait. Are you making, is that a statement? Yes, she was half Q, half she human. She was half Q, half human? Yeah. Because like her, her one of her parents uh, left the continuum, had sex with a human, and lived in isolation until the continuum found them and fucking killed them. Mm. It's a real TNG episode. <clears throat> um. So I don't. This might change. I don't know if this changes your mental calculus or not. It's just I'm trying to figure out how a Q can have sex with a human. Q can do anything. Uh, Q could snap his fingers and inseminate somebody like that. That's how Jesus was I guess born. So. Yeah, <laughs> from Q. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everything's starting to make sense now. So, what is your official answer to this? Q. Human? Yeah, I guess Q. Cumin. Yeah. Cumin. Like the spice. Cuman. Yeah. Nice. That sounds like a Star Trek alien, anyway. The cumin. <laughs> cumin. We are here to broker a peace deal between the cumin and the... And the rosemary. The ferrati. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Well, alright. I think uh, I think we'll leave that there. If you have a question, like Evart, you want answered in our question of the week, you can send us an email at the Ready Your Room 
at gmail.com. That's with a few capital letters and some in lowercase. Or you can tweet at us at the Ready Room, and uh, we'll answer your question live on our podcast. All right, we're here today. We've gathered here today to talk about the offspring mm. and the unfortunate news that we have very different opinions on this episode. Oh God. <laughs> Because I know you don't like it. No, I. This episode is so boring. It's so. Such a retread of everything we've already gone through with Data, except for maybe one small aspect of it, which is, you know, him, him being a, quote, parent. Mm. Uh, but that really ends up being nothing anyway. And, um,. In, instead, we're we're basically treated to forty minutes of Hallie Todd trying to act. Yeah, I. So, the one of the problems, the potential problems I identified while watching, is the incredibly stilted nature of every scene, featuring Data and uh, and Lol. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think this is uh, a lot of mm, viewing it from the, the the current year paints a different picture of it in that it really does authentically sound like two computers talking to each other um, in a lot of ways, which yeah, uh, you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't really have a sense of that back when this was made or written or acted, but in having seen that like you know ai's communicate it, it it does hit that mark almost uh astoundingly given it sounds like two chat bots communicating with each other right right but th- 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 lol isn't a chat bot no that's that's the thing that bothers me um it's worth noting too this is frakes's first Directorial. Uh, directorial debut. Um, the first episode written by uh, Rene Echevarria, who mm. would go on to write uh, 18 episodes of TNG and then several more of DS9. But for TNG, he mostly wrote season six and seven stuff. So you probably love this guy. I did like this episode. Um, um, and it's the first episode featuring LOL. 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 I don't know if you knew that little factoid. No, I didn't. I didn't actually. I have to go look up what episodes Renee wrote. That's not on Wikipedia. Yeah, whatever. I'm off it. Anyway. um, Where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So I, I liked the awkward nature of those interactions dated lol um they didn't bother me and i thought i kind of sold the the i don't know the nature of their being in a way that it wouldn't really have resonated had they been more natural and and human like and part, yeah sure part of it is that lol grows to be more human over the episode in in the performance um, the way that she talks and communicates and whatnot, which 
comes through, I think. I guess my issue is like when, when you talk about that, to me, it feels like we're just making the best of a bad situation because the whole concept of the episode to me is just so mind-numbingly stupid and boring. Oh, I like the concept. I was really... Oh, I think it's so dumb. I was really into the whole, I don't know, ethical discussion that the that the episode was presenting. Uh, I, I hated it. Really? I hated it. Because we did the Android rights thing already. We did it. And uh, this, this doesn't... This doesn't add like a new dimension to it or anything. It's it's a new reason for the conflict, but you know we we still have the same old grumpy Starfleet guy comes aboard the Enterprise and demands Data relinquishes rights to something. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's where I draw a distinction between um, Measure of a Man, I think it is. Yeah. And uh, this episode. In that episode, Data is a lot more of a of a non actor of a prop. The okay. the events of the episode kind of just happen to him, um, and he testifies whatever. But it's it's mostly Picard's story, um, and Frakes to an extent, Frakes Riker. Um, but it, Data is, has a lot more agency in this episode. He makes lol. He gives several um, uh, speeches about what what that means to him, what being a father means to him. Um, he's active in raising lol which makes his emotional investment in the story a lot more apparent and all of that are things that were missing from uh measure of a man where data just uh is helped by picard who who gives his defense of data yeah i mean i guess i would counter with the opinion that None of that is really necessary for a story like this. Like data, to me, data doesn't need any volition in this kind of story, because it's it's more it's more an ethical debate than a character issue. Sure, to but me. I I thought half of my interest lied in the ethical debate, and the other half was um coming through. How do I want to put this? Just the emotional resonance of what data's going through. It's easy to to sympathize with him and to feel bad for him, yeah. which. But it's like it's like at the same time, Data doesn't even feel bad for himself, uh, as as you he know, says very often. Like he 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 doesn't he doesn't give a shit, which, you know, maybe that's a ballsy move on hmm. on the writer's part, but to me, it's like you know, if Data doesn't care, why do I? Well, I he doesn't care. That's the thing. It's less about. Um, how bad you feel for data i mean you you might feel that way somewhat but seeing the uh situation as being a tragic one in that data's never going to reach these heights you know they talk about um not never being able to truly become human but reaching towards that and mm -hmm. this is like the best example of it data can become a parent but he can't um feel anything about that and recognizing that situation and exploring it and just kind of having a mood of the episode discussing how tragic it is, I think is compelling enough television. Well, that would be interesting, but I don't think that's the direction they actually, they actually took it. I think it is, Cause... based on the discussion that he has with Lol in that one scene when Lol... I mean, this is pretty on the nose, but Lol explicitly asks why... You know, why bother doing these things if they're never going to be able to 
become a human and then data offers the insight that he's learned over uh his life which is more off screen certainly up to this point but um it is touched on it's touched on but it's not it's not it's not explored it's not like we don't get our hands in it really because because the the entire conflict of the episode is just you know on the one hand you have uh lol is wacky mm-hmm. um and then on the other you have you know angry starfleet man wants to take lol away and and picard and data have to stop it and um to me there's nothing in there that is at all new in in, in terms of uh so some kind of moral moral dilemma we need to think about and and it does it does bring up this this sort of tragedy this idea that you know data data can't really fill the role he wants to here but um it never has an impact on the plot of the episode sure really. that's true the the events are very disconnected from anything thematic yeah um, and that's that's what that's why i say like that would be interesting if if that was more of a driving force behind the plot. Sure. But I, I will say, I don't think that... Because I agree this isn't the newest content. I, I don't think that disqualifies the story from being interesting, compelling, or worth watching. The fact that it's I not do, I, novel. I have a question for you. Sure. Um... Hold on. Um, Michael Michael Pillar Michael Pillar <laughs> thought this episode was better than yesterday yesterday's Enterprise. What, what do you think about that? I don't agree with that. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say that this is like an all timer, but I just thought it was pretty good. <laughs> Michael Pillar asked that it be um, it be aired. What was it? It would have a repeat airing on the second of two weekends uh, when people who would be voting in the technical categories of the 1990 Emmy Awards would be watching. And it was so it was between re-airing The Offspring or re-airing Yesterday's Enterprise. Oh, geez. <laughs> well, I mean, I assume if they're talking about the technical awards, they want... I don't know, maybe they want the LOL costume to... The lock. The lock costume was uh, that was something because we got um, we got Leonard Crowfoot back. Um, mm. You may remember him from um, what was it? Angel One. He was Trent. He was that uh, the um, the woman leader of the planet. He was her bitch boy. That right. Riker Cox. Um, I'm shocked you remember the title. <laughs> well, Angel One had that great matte painting in it. Oh, of course. So that's <laughs> seared into your mind. Yeah, I have that up on my wall. Um, yeah, so we got Leonard back, and uh, the the guys in makeup. Leonard was kind of a princess, you know. Yeah, that's why he got uh, the he, role he in, comes from in a, Angel One. Right, right. He comes from a theater background, so he's he's a little, you know, back in the day we would call him limp wristed. Right. Um, and and the makeup guys had a field day torturing him. Um, with all these prosthetics and just this hours long uh uh makeup setup here uh i mean he, he could barely move uh his face 
at which you can clearly tell. Mm. But um, it was it was uh, it was it was definitely an effort to get him into the makeup. To get his oh face no, it was, an, it was it was it was no, it was an effort on the on the on the uh, the makeup guys to piss him off. Oh yes, for sure. Um, I always like saying that the no matter how much makeup we gave him, we could never get rid of his crow's feet. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, being as vain as he was, he say, "I don't have crow's feet." I don't have them. No, 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 no. He'd always be like, guys, stop it. Right. Is this a fun guy to bully? I think we all know people like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this this started the uh this episode started the uh the trend of not crediting him mm. in in any episodes that he's in. Uh this this would also happen in Voyager, actually. Right. Um and I remember I think it was Rick who was telling me um, he he bombarded his answering machine for weeks after this episode aired, and he found out that he wasn't in the credits. Well, I mean, but he still came back. He, he wanted another bite at the apple, presumably. But you know, when we're showing this off for the technical Emmy voters, and there's nothing about his casting or performance, vaguely, I can understand why he would be as mad as he was. But at the same time, let's be real. Nobody was going to care anyway. We don't. We don't need. We don't need a a, a little dancer boy kind of. Gene would say fagging it up for us, you know. Right, right, right. Gene was um, always cognizant to not let you know those types ruin the fun. Right, right. Well, ruin the fun on screen, but off screen. Um, well, they were the fun. They were the fun. Right, right. Star Trek was always a very, very. Gene said it was a very heterosexual production, um, in, in a lot of ways, which I get. Yeah, but you know, like all things, there's there's a there's a dark side, of course. Right, right, right. Um, nowadays, I believe Star Trek calls itself a pansexual production, um, perhaps a, <laughs> a sapiosexual production. Um, well, it's it's funny that you mention that because. Um... We, I, I don't want to say we, someone had the idea of, <clears throat> there's that scene where Lal is with Guinan, right? And she's commenting on um, human sexual relationships or something, right? Mm. In 10 forward. And um, I remember the initial script, Guinan says, you know, when a man and a woman love each other, right? Et cetera, right. et cetera. And the final episode has when two people love each other is is the line, and it was there was an idea being floated around that there on ten forward ten forward there would be um, at least one same sex couple, like I don't know holding hands or kissing or something, mm. um, and uh, I don't think we were there for this. Uh, this probably happened behind closed doors, but from what I hear, um, one of the uh, executive producers basically marched down and said that is not happening we are we are not having uh a gay couple on screen at 10 forward and so uh it's it's not in there i mean i i like the idea of protecting trek for 
the family audiences. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, it was it was a different, it was a separate but equal time. Right, right. I mean, they, with the advent of the Glad Channel, it, it just became unnecessary to, to put these things on on you know network television. Right. Kind of like BET. Right, right, right. Um, or the CW. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was uh, that was where most of the homosexual content went. Right. That yes, and Trek for what it's worth. <laughs> you know, it, it all ended up in the same place. I guess they got what they wanted. Right. Right. In the end. Right. Yeah. I mean, perhaps that's what drove Trek down this dark path that it's currently on. Yeah. I mean. They do say that uh, homosexuality is a disease. Right. It's a combination of the CW and J.J. Abrams to the point where I'm very distrustful of anything that's abbreviated to two letters. Uh, the J.J. the jet plane. Right, right. Don't know if he'll be back again. <laughs> that's how it goes. <laughs> so... um this episode starts with Data just straight up creating somebody. Lol. Yeah, uh, I think I think I, I wrote something down here. Um, lol. Uh, it's it's funny because I never I never see that character and think think of the name Lol because we were workshopping or the writers were workshopping a few different names that got passed around. Right. Um, before Lol, like uh, like there was Jodge, right? Jodge was and a good then there one. There was Jodge was good, and then there was Sauce. I think uh, sauce was vetoed because of its similarity to the food item. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were worried that, uh, you know, the audience would get confused um, because lol does not have, um, you know, a, a fluid, liquidy quality to her. Right. So there's uh, no pasta to put lol on. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we ended up with lol. Um, and... At some point, it says it, this. This bothered me, and I don't remember who says it, but it just it just rubs me the wrong way. The phrase "data has created an offspring." Yes, yes, that is very strange. <laughs> that didn't register to me, but uh, hearing it right now is just bizarre. But people, people like the first five minutes are just people shitting all over data for making a robot, right? And it's. Very out of line for some of their characterizations. Um, it doesn't make any sense. Like Picard, who in this very episode uh, shows himself to be a paragon of android rights, uh, starts off by saying, it's not a child, it's a fucking machine. Right. Like, right. what? He, it, it, that's an exact quote, by the way. Yeah. So, it's not a child, it's a fucking machine. <laughs> so, it's... Uh, that's that's I'm sorry, that's that's probably a Picard season two quote. Oh, you're right. You're right. That... <laughs> anyway, it's um, they eventually write the course, but everybody does start out in a kind of weird, bizarro land, mirror universe place where they're just complete assholes. And <laughs> who who is it that Data invites to the birth of his child? Um, Wesley Crusher, Troy, and there's a third one. Is, is there someone else? I think there is. I think like Jordy might be. Is Jordy even in this episode? That's a good question. Uh, hold on. What's this called? The Offspring. 
Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She ain't no ball and chain. All right. Um, Data, Wesley. Yeah, it's Jordy. Okay. I think that's his only role in the episode. He shows up there. I don't yeah. know if it says a line and then he leaves. But it's it's yeah, just Jordy, funny to me. Jordy has five lines in this episode. The This portal into who the fuck Data cares about. It's like, oh, let me right. invite this 15-year-old boy to the birth of my strange alien daughter. It's Data's only friends. Everybody else can't fucking stand him. Up to and including <laughs> Picard. Right. Maybe Picard... Well, you, you you don't invite Picard to anything emotional. No. Maybe Picard's um, frustration and, and acting out of character is due to him being sensitive that he was not invited to ah yeah right it's like oh you should have invited me why wasn't i told about this that makes sense i wanted to be at the baby shower (laughs) did you know that the um the original the the origin of the phrase baby shower uh what is it so it was supposed to be an event where they would celebrate you know the oncoming baby for one hour it was the baby's hour but somehow Ah. yeah over time it uh got disfigured and morphed into baby shower baby shower right ah that's interesting it's important i thought there was going to be something morbid about that like they would just throw babies from rooftops no 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 i think that's projection on your part but um the baby's hour was an old um you know middle uh ages custom mm. right although they they didn't keep time so well at, at that point so it often became like the baby's hour and a half if i'm being honest mm. yeah but um yeah now you know but we, we, we never got the baby shower and a half right exactly and i wish we did i so wish we'd be did. a different world um that's the title of the cosby show spinoff a different world yes that's when denise went off to college and uh got with that guy with the glasses that guy with the glasses (laughs) yeah that guy with the glasses wow there's there's a lot of lore here i didn't know yeah it's um a multi-universe crossover kind of deal cosby your father Now, imagine that guy with the glasses doing, trying to do a Bill Cosby impression. And Oh, uh, no. Which I think might be one of the... That impression might be one of the hardest impressions to do. Doug Walker doing <laughs> Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, um, the, the best... <laughs> What's going on? The best Bill Cosby impression I ever saw was um, Eddie Murphy was getting some kind of award somewhere. And uh, because Bill Cosby had gotten that award in the past and then had it taken away from him following his you know rape accusations, um, Eddie Murphy did a Bill Cosby impression, which was just wonderful. Mm. If you can ever find... Here's, here's... Yeah? 
here's what I have to say about the Bill Cosby <clears throat> rape accusations. Okay, I know you've been waiting for an opportunity to, to put this out there. If a tree falls in a forest mm-hmm. and no one's around to hear it, right? Did it really rape you? Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I liken Bill Cosby to that tree. Probably the way he has sex is just to you know, fall down onto somebody <laughs> in in a similar fashion. Whoa! <laughs> uh, I don't even want to think about that. I, it, Bill Cosby having sex is—it's a disturbing thought. Yeah. And I think I think that might inform, might have informed all these accusations in a way that it's like, who wants to have sex with Bill Cosby? Right, right, and. It gives them a certain credence, right? Like, I really believe the people who, because mm-hmm. um, how else is that ever going to happen? But I, I, I always right. think back to, to Norm, where he's like, I got to find in some lady that lets me lay down on top of her for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever heard that one. Oh, uh, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look that up. Uh all right. Anyway, Star Trek. Star right. Trek. Lol. <clears throat> lol. 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 Paintings. Female. Paint- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I those all came from uh, Brent. They, they spent him and Haley, Holly, Haley, Holly Berry. Spent oh, a, yeah, Haley. Haley spent a lot of time with doing robot acting lessons, like how to blink or tilt her head weirdly or you know, walk like a retard which we see a lot mm-hmm. in this episode mm-hmm. you know holly really enjoyed it i think she still does lol at parties right i, I remember being yeah, at some yeah, yeah. some gala and at the at the other side of the room that's what i heard you know paintings female <laughs> right 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 <laughs> jeez that was god that must have been at least 10 years ago yeah yeah it was really prophetic um in some ways <laughs> like i I was thinking about this the other day, having seen the episode. These days, you know, post Alzheimer's, my dad has really perfected his lol impression. Um, mm. Is less talk about paintings and more abject confusion concerning his surroundings, but um, it's very lol esque walking into walls, the broken sentences. Um, mm-hmm. It's I, I always regretted showing him this episode just because of what it led to. It kind of planted the seed of what we're getting right now this i mean i don't want to say it's it's life of his it's i can can't really call it a life it's more of a responsibility i guess hoisted onto me the nurses other people because you know star trek money can buy nurses but it can't buy the peace of mind and a clear conscience and it can't really quell the rage that one gets when they see a has-been actress doing impressions at parties that only lead to lead others astray and demean people with chronic conditions but um Mm. funny thing um data really in this episode takes direct inspiration from my dad and that he's not capable of saying i love you oh yeah yeah. so it's a life imitating art i guess Yeah. yeah it is it is disgusting though isn't it that uh that people get away with 
far too much people like this definitely 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 and uh um, it's especially not okay. lol especially lol 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 of all people of lol people lol of the lol people lol of the mole men ah there we go there we go we got there there we go <laughs> <clears throat> Um, yeah, so, uh, what happens? Yeah, so, so, uh, real quick, fish watch. There's no fish. Damn it. I think. Um. That's sad. This, this, this is still while, uh, while Lol is a, a creepy mannequin person, right? Right. Where Picard calls Data into his ready room and starts freaking out. And I, yeah, we went over that. Um, then they, I think pretty much the next scene is Data and Data drags Troy along to the hollow deck to make to make Lol choose a gender. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna look at several thousand composites." Yeah, and it's like, does Troy need to be here for she, this? She just falls asleep in the corner of the fucking hollow deck. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Lol's initial initial idea is that he's just gonna copy Troy. Yeah, that's 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 funny. How did you feel about Troy's implicit um, racial segregationist beliefs? Oh, how how like it's it'll be difficult to talk to people if you're a weird bug, well, bug alien. That, but more so, um, how any Klingon must naturally be Worf's friend. Worf's friend, yeah, <laughs> friend for Worf. Yeah, I'm sure the uh, the mentally retarded Klingon is gonna really well. You know, I, I got halfway through that sentence and realized what I was saying. Uh, how about we um, <laughs> re-envision this episode where it's Worf teaching Klingon lol about honor? That would be so much better. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I would love that episode. Um, one thing I did want to note here is that, uh, th- and th- this this was a mandate from Gene, actually, um, who, yes, is still alive and kicking at this point. Mm. Um, Against all odds. Against all odds. Um. As as they're walking down the corridor, Data and Lal and Troy, uh, and they're teaching Lal about gender, right? Troy says, uh, you know, whichever one you decide will be yours for a lifetime, right? Hmm. Uh, which, you know, in our current year. Right. It's very uh, not not sensitive. It's insensitive. No. It might might be a divisive statement. Uh, but yeah, Gene, Gene wanted to make sure that it was explicit in this episode that Lal would not be able to change her gender after she had already picked it that was in the production Uh, notes yeah yeah scribbled almost illegible i remember how many times he underlined the word not not be able to right Um, right it was like five or six really bold Um, bold face pen but yeah you know it was it was another another righteous attempt to uh to keep degenerate sexuality out of star trek which At least for a while. I respect. Yeah. Yeah. So following this, Lol chooses the female human female human form. <laughs> Is it adorable? <laughs> adorable female Lol. <laughs> and she I don't know if this is genius or not, but the actress's hair always looks slightly askew, like it's mm-hmm. like it's supposed to be a a piece that is just put on this this robot. Right, right. 
Oh, how do you feel about um, Data Data's throwaway line that he was able to make her skin better than his? Oh, I feel that that's lazy. Because <laughs> there's really no conceivable reason Data could not replace his current skin. Right. <laughs> they just didn't. They didn't want to have the actress in a in a chair for three hours every day. You know, someone and, made that decision, and everybody else cursed it for seven seasons. Yeah. Um. Aren't the aren't the androids in Picard? Don't they have like weird skin? They do. So it's like, well, where did that where did that uh, technological innovation go? Are you shocked that Picard has a, a continuity and consistency? I wish I could say yes, but you can't. But I can. Picard the Golem. <laughs> Picard the Misanthrope. Hugh <laughs> <laughs> <Cue> the Golem. <laughs> so send him in. No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I like to imagine Golem Picard has like a, a weird like cottage cheese stomach. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> like uh like he's roided out like too much and his 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 stomach is just like it's all bumpy and like you can sort of see abs but it's like distended and gross of all my star trek fantasies um that i've heard <laughs> that's one of the more sensible it's like it's like really really hard and bronzed <laughs> <laughs> See now, Picard should have Data's yellow skin. No, he's a golem, not an android. Wait, I thought, I thought, I don't, I don't know what I thought. To be honest, these days. I don't know. I, I have no idea what what that means. So yeah, um, he could be an android for all I know. Well, he met Data in the in the computer, and Data said, mm. "Kill me." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He said, "Captain." I think I love you. <laughs> and then and then Picard says, I think I love you too, Data. Mr. Data. Intercut with Even images of all the times Data exploded. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't give less of a shit about you in the original show, but we're both main characters now. I, I like to imagine all the main characters are best friends. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're inseparable. They talk on Discord every day. There was actually, um, in DS9, two characters that were shown to have on-screen beef, and then very gradually they became friends, which to me was infinitely better than just their friends. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we kind of beaten this horse to death, but yeah, TNG had a, had a roof... Star Trek had a rough transition to TNG. <laughs> Unironically. And then when DS9 rolls around, guess who's dead and you can do whatever you want. Data? Data's dead. <laughs> Is that a Data episode? Data's dead. <laughs> I could see it. All right. What, what's the plot of Data's dead? Data's dead. Yeah. Well, Data has to die. Right. Um. But I feel like Data, Data would still be alive, like, Data's dead, but his positronic brain latches on to a blender 
somewhere and he, he has, he's back himself up somehow yeah and he has to communicate that he's still alive while everybody's mourning his loss or building a new android or whatever it is the fuck they do oh my god no yeah it's like it's like a little ghost story thing yeah like exactly possesses. yeah different electronics and um yeah. jordy is the one he gets through and jordy's like oh the the way these numbers are beeping in sequence i think this might be a message and then the data is like he just types out blender and so he's like what's with the blender and he goes to the blender and the lights in the blender are blinking in morse code and <laughs> those spell out like i am data and he has to take this case to everybody it's it's a whole thing we need a ticking clock element okay um data's body the remnants of it because it was like shocked by an electrostatic pulse that kicked out his consciousness into other electronics his body is going to be experimented on or disassembled or destroyed and he's got to communicate to geordi to get him back into the body before it's ritualistically mm. dismantled uh, uh starfleet is coming to collect his body right something like that no if they just come to collect it they could put him back in later so it's got to be like no no no, no. they're coming to collect it to dispose of it okay okay so okay. the yeah. So the Romulans don't have access to the technology. Exactly. Okay. This makes sense. Um, and yeah, Data's dead, but he's got to get uh, back into his body, and he's going to have a ghost moment with, with Jordy. There's also a scene where uh, Data is in like the, the computer matrix. Yes. And it's, it's like a visual representation, and he talks to uh, Majel. Talks, talks yeah, the computer. the computer. Yeah. All right, now here's a question. Um, what's the B plot? Because there's got to be a B story, right? Okay. And it does not have to be related at all. Like, but um, ideally, we would want it to be. Yeah, something like the um, the barber on the Enterprise keeps cutting Riker's hair wrong, and uh, he doesn't know what to do about it. <laughs> Picard, uh, <laughs> Picard and Riker... Uh, play a game of golf and Picard realizes he's terrible at it. <laughs> Goes on and on and on about how it's a gentleman's game and Riker is like <laughs> Riker's like crushing a beer him. and smashing yep. a club and Picard can't do shit. Yeah. So so it's the, the the entire B plot is Picard working on his swing and he has to go to Guyan and <laughs> she has to she has to pep him up. <laughs> Could and, work. Then, and then the end of the the end of the episode is is Data's back to normal, and he he helps Picard with his swing. There we go. Or how about this? Picard has some kind of electronic golf club that Data possesses at some point, and and helps Picard defeat <laughs> Riker. <laughs> this is just a plot of lover. <laughs> boing sound effect the, the, the camera like it does like a close-up on Riker's face at like a Dutch angle Data's face is superimposed over the golf club <laughs> he's got this shit eating grin he winks <laughs> Data's dead Data's dead everybody <laughs> <laughs> That does remind me, though, uh, <clears throat> one of the very early 
um, ideas for this episode was that Lal would be a child between Data and the the Enterprise computer, and they would like squabble <laughs> over how to raise her. That sounds awful. That yeah, I I am at least glad that's that was uh, decided against. It's important to keep the perspective of how things could always be worse. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Um. So, uh, Lal's... Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I I wrote this down in quotes. Lal gender sequence finalists. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed to say that. I'm a big fan of that quote. Jesus. <laughs> What's going on a T-shirt? Hell yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my transition goal. A lol gender sequence finalist. <laughs> um, <laughs> can, can I be a lol gender sequence finalist? <laughs> You're beautiful, hon. <laughs> yeah, you could be a lol gender sequence finalist. The Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so then there's some, you know, a lot of, uh, baby's day out shenanigans of lol learning to be a human or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Painting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks at, she looks at a vase full of flowers and says, painting. <laughs> she um, shouts to the gender of everyone she meets. That is when, when lol looks at the flowers and screams painting. <laughs> That is the point where the episode reached the point of no return for me. Yeah, I imagine you throwing your hands up in defeat. <laughs> no, I just I just threw up. Blacked out until the credits rolled. <laughs> Checked out. What a stupid, 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 stupid thing to have that character do. Yeah, it's they really turned up the dial on um how incompetent Law would start out as, which makes you think, was Data the same? Is this how he learned to right, tackle right. me? Um, <laughs> now, Law being an abject retard lends, er, created the amazing visual of her just staring, standing in a corner, staring at the wall while a bunch of kids played around her. <laughs> oh, God, yes, that's right. It's like they don't know I have a positronic brain. <laughs> and then and then data tells her they were laughing at you <laughs> i mean I, I found that kind of funny data's complete um lack of tact in talking yeah, sure, to her sure Th- there are some funny scenes in this don't get me wrong um the one where where data just like uh it calls guy an old <laughs> yes i thought that was pretty funny that was another moment that I, I'm harkening back to when Guinan was flirting with Riker and told mm. Wesley to shut up, as another moment where it really didn't fit Guinan to be offended by uh, being called old. But you know, <laughs> whatever, it was funny. At this point, what fits Guinan? You know, I, I'll tell you this: certainly not her costume. <laughs> um. We get a uh, a wacky Riker kissing Lal scene. It's really weird how it was the director of the episode that was chosen mm. to 
you know, make out with this young starlet. It really makes you think. I wonder how he could have gotten to that position. It's it's just a strange coincidence, really. Yeah, yeah. Although um, I, it was really stupid, really sitcom esque, but I did laugh at oh, uh, yeah. at Data's um, line after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what are your intentions with my daughter or something? R- right. Yeah, yeah. That was that was really funny. It was really funny, and I I didn't expect it to be. Right. It's it's almost funny despite itself. Um, let's talk Frakes directing, huh? Um, I found nothing notable about it. Did you? Oh, no, I mean on set. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) No, of course the episode sucks. Um, no, if you remember, someone gave him a megaphone. Right, right. Uh, Because the classic image of a movie director with with a megaphone. Yeah. That's what Frakes thought. Frakes thought that... they they never made this mistake again. They actually hid the megaphones huh. every time he would he would direct an episode after this, um, including as I hear DS Nine. But uh, yeah, Frakes Frakes thought a director always had to speak into the megaphone, and so he would issue all of his direction through the megaphone. And it it didn't matter if he was you know sitting in his little chair or if he was right up in your face. He would he would blast the megaphone right at you. I remember um, Hallie came up to him to ask about Lol's kind of motivation headspace. And he just, you know, picked up the megaphone and was like, Lol is very insecure. You need to imagine that you have a lot of trust. You know, just all this uh, very, very, very sensitive subject matter in a very loud way. Yeah. Yeah. She's also extremely attracted to Commander Riker. <laughs> she can't help herself. A bit redundant, given that that's how all the female characters on the show were written, but um, <laughs> Hallie wouldn't have known that. <laughs> no, she did a great job. Yeah, really, really sold. It's very convincing. Hmm. We like Hallie. Uh but yeah, I mean, in terms of the directing, huh, there really is nothing notable about it. It's not embarrassingly bad or anything. I'll, I'll say that. Like, it certainly could have been worse. Uh, I'm always on the, I'm always sensitive to when the actors direct. In two ways: one, um, is it just going to be a disaster? Two, is somebody really directing it while they hold a megaphone and pretend to be doing something? Mm-hmm. Um. I know Patrick was... He, so, I was reading this. When polled his favorite episodes, Patrick quoted one of the, his first direct directorial job as one of his favorite episodes. Which, to me, felt a little um, self-centered. Yeah, that's kind of stroking yourself a little bit, isn't it? Right. And uh, Patrick, he's due for a stroke these days. Put us out of the misery of Picard. <laughs> I'm just surprised that um, everyone else seemed to manage to stifle Patrick's desire to shoot things. Yes. Through an entire seven seasons. Like, the most action that he's done so far is in one episode he shot a guy on the bridge, right? Right. And then the the episode before this, he does that little jump over the, the control console. Yep. And other than that, there's nothing, which is really amazing restraint 
not on Patrick's part, but other people restraining right. him. Right. <laughs> uh, it, oh, th- shit. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything more to say on this? No. Okay. Because I just noticed verbal contractions. Oh, uh, yeah. Why I, are we still beating this dead horse? I. It's so weird to me because it's something that nobody would ever notice. Like, if you're going to do this, it has to be a wow moment. Like, it happens and the audience is right there with Guinan. Like, oh, it's amazing. She did this thing that she couldn't do when... Um, in actuality, Guinan says that line, and you're like, what? Oh, I guess. <laughs> well, it's undermined completely by the fact that uh, Data's used verbal contractions like five times now. Right, all all erroneously. And we, yeah, we all have to, we just have to pretend that never happened. There was really it no... It drives me nuts. They could have <laughs> taken the the emotion angle. Like, just... I know Lol ultimately shows emotion at the end, and that's a big thing, but how about, like, a more benign emotion, like, Lol laughs at something, and... Yeah, uh, that would have been good. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, wow, she's developing emotions, I could never do that. Um, and, uh, and that, that would have tied into her being scared and killing herself. Right, because then it spirals out of control. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, so much... that's a really good idea. And they didn't do it. Instead, <laughs> we got... Um, that's what they get for not listening to us. Right. You know, creative people are everywhere on staff. Not just the writers. Mm. Not just the yeah, directors. Yeah, you, know, you have to be a writer. I mean, not, be the, an actor. not the actors, but um, the other people. <laughs> the people that really make the show work. Right. Really make it twerk. Like, like Majel Barrett. <laughs> she really made those four or five episodes of DS9 sing. <laughs> really made something sing. Now, Majel Barrett, wasn't she in Final Fantasy? Yes. Yeah, she was. She was the, the, the terrorist leader. Right. I knew I recognized that name from somewhere. Uh the spirits within, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um that uh amazing film. Mm-hmm. Underrated. Really? Indeed, indeed, indeed. Did you like... Too bad it wasn't the final Final Fantasy. Oh, that's really funny. Thanks. Did you like um, Picard's pajamas in in this episode? Picard's pajamas. When when did this happen? When he's in bed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When the Admiral calls him. Right. And he's got, like, a very open, hairy chest... Yeah, 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 yeah. That was pretty hot. He could be my daddy. Yeah, we like. Well, back then he could. Yeah, now he's just your granddaddy. And now he's a fucking corpse. Um, yeah. So the admiral. We haven't talked about the admiral yet. Uh, played by Nicholas Coster. Um. He he said he hailed from London, but you look at him and you just know he's a bastard Mick. Indeed. You can tell from his face. I would say that he gave an effort, effortlessly mediocre performance. <laughs> yeah, he was all right. I mean, he's par for the course for a guy from Starfleet who wants to ruin the Enterprise's day. Right. Um, his his whole thing was that he wants Lol. Lol is such a great technological achievement that she needs to be on a star base where they can monitor her. And uh, his, he, he worries that... Uh, 
and this is a direct quote too. He worries that Data's presence uh, near Lal would undoubtedly retard the new android's progress. Yes, there's a lot of controversy around that line. Um, the producers, they really wanted to have the writer fired for it, just for having it in the script. And it took him coming in with a dictionary to settle the matter, but I remember that the producers insisted on having a, quote, neutral ground dictionary mm. to refer to. Which, yeah. you know, with all the fake news that has been out there for decades, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> I guess I guess all I can say is that yeah, language evolves. Indeed, it does. Indeed, right? it does. Now all so, my um, fire retardant clothing is fire exceptional clothing. Right. And if if it says fire retardant on the tag, you have to throw it out. Right, right, right. Or just cut the tag off. Oh, that's illegal, so I guess not. But right. Um... <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, it says it right on there. Do yeah. not remove under penalty of law. Right. You retard. <laughs> Comma, you retard. I know a guy who cut the tag off his mattress once. Really? Yeah, the cop showed up the next day. Is he doing time still? Oh, yeah. No, he's still in there. This was 15 years ago? Well, he should be due, due out soon. I think it's 15, 20, generally. Yeah, I don't know. Good behavior. We'll see. Hmm. Now, based on your knowledge of that individual, do you think he's a good behavior type? Well, no, he cut the tag off his mattress. Oh, there we go. He might. How unhinged do you have to be? Pretty unhinged. Off one's hinges, as it were. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. So the Admiral comes, and he's, like, very anti-Data. Um, he doesn't really seem to have much of a stance at all. He's just, I'm doing what Starfleet says. I don't really care. I'm not going to put enough into this performance to seem invested one way or the other. <laughs> and um, he makes a sudden face turn at the end of the episode. Right, right. At which point, I guess we're supposed to feel like, oh, he was a good guy after all, but I just didn't care. Right. Uh, Data's hands moved so fast. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever right, seen. Right, right, Shut the fuck up. Uh, th- th- there's a line where he, that he has where he says, I am Starfleet. Yeah. Which is great. I think his his face turn was only put in there to absolve Picard of um of uh not mutinying. What's what is it when you go against direct orders? Oh, just just yeah, just disobeying. Yeah. Whatever, I don't know. Right. But cuz obviously he would still have to answer for that regardless of the outcome. Mm. But if not if the the admiral is a nice guy. And he is a nice guy. <laughs> He's a great guy. He's a great guy. I hated I hated all of that. I liked the... I thought it was so out of left field. I didn't mind um, the kind of argument when they're at the boardroom, in the boardroom, and mm. uh, Data's presenting his case. I thought that stuff was fine. Um, the Admiral as a character, the performance... The amount of lines he has yeah. didn't really grip me. He's overly antagonistic from the get-go, which bothers me. Yeah, it seems like Picard has a perfectly reasonable solution of sending data and lol. It never really landed with me why that would not be um, suitable. 
Well, you gotta have you gotta have data on the ship to make more episodes. That's that's what the admiral should have told him. We can't take data, Picard. You need him for the next episode. Well, that should have been the counter when they're like, they can't be, both be on the ship. If a Romulan ever kills the ship, we're done. And Picard should have been like, it's okay. We're the main characters. It's not going to happen. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I almost knocked my microphone over. So... This episode's rapidly reaching its conclusion. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I don't know. Thankfully, much faster than the actual episode did. Yeah. Oh, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Damn. I don't really have that much else to really pick up on. Um, Lol gets a part-time job. Lol gets emotions. They spiral out of control. And, um... Her emotions kill her. Yeah, they, they literally kill her. And Data doesn't give a shit. If only all women were like that. Mm. I liked... Did you like the ending? Data um, can't return Lol's love. Can't really feel regret. Did you like any of that? Yeah, I mean, it, it made sense, sure. Yeah, I mean... It's consistent. Makes, it's consistent, but did you like it? That, no, not really. Fair enough. I liked it. <laughs> I don't. I, it's just just because from the from the get from the get go, I don't like this episode. I don't like the concept of the episode. I think it's just it's it's so flat to me. But hmm. I, so that's the only reason I don't like it. I mean, it's fair, but I was into that. So, and a lot of this stuff is what I took from the episode ultimately. So it, I, it felt like it well, felt like we we were dealing with an episode that was initially so about lol that data barely factored into it and then gradually data was added into the episode whereas it would have been better if it was approached as a data episode from the beginning i agree but i i do think that transition was relatively seamless wasn't rough yeah i don't know so overall how many saucer steps would you give it? Uh, probably two and a half. I'd give it three. Hmm. No, not that far off. Yeah, it's it's not great. It's competent. Yeah, it's competent, and it's not great. But I, what I, I just think it offended you more than it offended me. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose so. I just uh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I, I've already said all I all I can say about why I didn't like it. Yeah, it's just very boring to me. That's Not much ground left to cover. Um, let me ask you this: What yeah. is your favorite The Offspring album? Well, the only Offspring album I've ever listened to is Ixnay on the Ombre, so it's a good choice. Um, Smash is also a good choice, as is. The one with Pretty Fly for a white guy that I forget the name of. Oh, yeah. Those are all fine albums. Once you're in the mood for The Offspring. Yeah. I like to drive around and pick people up in my car while I listen to them. And then subsequently drop them off. At Pizza Hut. Right. (laughs) Right. And only Pizza Hut. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, 
that's going to do it for the offspring, then. Not the band. Uh, They're right. still kicking somehow. Somehow. I have something for you here. Oh, we have Apocrypha this week. Oh, hell yeah. Is this lol based? Yep. Give it to me. So, we're talking about a short story called The Embrace of Cold Architects by David R. George III. Is that like a sentence? David R. George? <laughs> yeah, it's a, a caveman wrote this article. <laughs> uh, collected in the Star Trek Myriad Universes anthology Shattered Light. Okay. So, in this alternate universe... Is this where Lol picked the Klingon... Uh, skin. No, no, no. <laughs> no, in this alternate universe, Law's creation is delayed until right before the best of both worlds. Okay. Oh, does okay. she get Borg? Borged? Completed? She shouldn't get Borged. I don't okay. think so. But my question is, why is her creation delayed? Is this related to the Borg or no? No. Okay. No, no, so no. It's just you, some you random the information thing. in the episode. Oh, in the, all the information in the episode, yep. Uh, could Data not find that foot he's fucking with at the beginning of the episode? <laughs> it's not it, though. Um, let's see. Her com her thing was delayed. This better not be some stupid technical reason, like he couldn't lay down the positronic no, neural no, pathways. No, no, no. Okay. No, it's it's something you can definitely guess. Um. Although you you may you may not put together the pieces because it's kind of a. It's fine throwaway line does that have to do with Riker being on leave no damn I think I'm throwaway lines now uh... I don't know something stupid like he didn't have the materials like they didn't, they didn't get delivered yet. <laughs> it is something stupid it's because he missed the cybernetics conference <laughs> he didn't miss the cybernetics conference and what is it? Did they hold it again later? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe he watched the recording, the, the recorded PowerPoint. So how does this come out in, in this whatever apocrypha this is? Does Data say, oh, I missed that cybernetics conference uh, several months ago, but I read this book last it, week. It must be. Yeah, it must be. It's just clumsy and stupid explanation. So... Data only completed his work shortly before the Borg invasion, best of both worlds. As a result, Lal's existence allowed Picard to, quote, distract the Borg by focusing on Lal and the long-term implications of her existence after he became Locutus of Borg, allowing Riker time to give the order to destroy the Borg cube and kill Locutus before the Borg could find and adapt to their tech. I have to wonder how many, quote, alternate universes there are where, where Locutus gets killed. Because you know... You know these these like Star Trek apocrypha writers get hard for that. Right, it's the easiest, lowest hanging fruit. Right. Um, you get Riker as the captain. You have a big shocking moment. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of drama. Uh, yeah. It's it's it, that is what it is. It's so let, let me it's be clear: is this is there a difference between an alternate universe and the mirror universe? Yes, the mirror universe is a specific alternate universe. Oh, jeez. Okay. Now, does anybody have any qualms about using Lol as bait, given that they've established their views on her as people? I don't know. I guess um, 
I guess I'm gonna have to buy this. What's the name of it? Uh, Star Trek Myriad Universes Shattered Light. Is this a comic or a novel? It's a novel. Or a light novel. It's a collection of novellas. Oh, jeez. I think that's what really sells it to me, is having to constantly jump around different alternate universes by different authors. And just, yeah, and it's like, the I, I see Sulu on the front. Uh, like, here's Sulu, here's Picard with a mustache, here's uh, the Mirror Universe, Yeah, here's Lol again. Oh, jeez. Fuck the Apocrypha. Fuck Trek. The Apocrypha... Star Trek Apocrypha is honestly somehow worse than Star Wars. How? How? Explain that to me. Oh, I mean, it's just like... Star Wars can kind of get away with doing stupid stuff, but when, when Trek does, does stupid stuff like this, it feels so... It feels too pulpy. Okay. You know what I mean? Which is weird because pulpy would fit Star Wars, but not Star yeah, Trek. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really fit Star Trek. So this this all like, oh, what if? Right. type stuff is like who cares? It's too dumb. <laughs> that's not the point. Right. I rare, very rarely um do they use the apocrypha to um, challenge complex moral questions or ethical dilemmas, and instead it's just right. what if Picard and um, uh, what's his name, uh, Kirk fought each other. Right, yes, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's entirely like dumb fan service. What if what if Worf and Riker had a gay relationship? What what if the original series Klingons fought the TNG Klingons? Right, <laughs> or the. Uh... What's what's the new show? Um, Discovery, the Discovery Klingons. Oh, are they different too? Oh, they're very different looking. Oh, you haven't seen these things? We can't give them the stupid head things. That's so 1986. No, you have to see these things. Uh, I'm looking it up now. Live, live. Um, Star Trek Discovery Klingons. They're from Kling. <laughs> Oh, they look like insects, kind of. Yeah, they're gross, aren't they? They are. I mean, at least they still have the head thing. They have the head thing. They could have at least given them, like, hair, though. And then they would have looked like Klingons. Is this set, the most part. like, thousands of years in the future where they could conceivably have evolved? It's literally set before the original series. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Looking at pictures, some of them do have hair, it looks like. Oh, do they? These might be the women. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the women. But not, even not all the women. Not all women. Not all Klingons are bald cancer patients. I Something I yeah. like, I like how offhandedly, and this is very, very minute, but I love when different species in Star Trek refer to their um, aspects of their physiology offhandedly and casually. For example, um, the Klingons talking about their ridges and the Ferengis talking about their lobes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is very natural. My ridges, Captain. You, you know, anytime Worf's on screen with his brother, he's always like, you don't have the lobes. 
you small lobed idiot. It's like. <laughs> The, the the Ferengi ears are sexual, right? Yes, they're. I guess this is also sexual. They're a sign of one's uh, capabilities, uh, virility. They are when stimulated, they are sexual as well. Um, and they're also ears because they can hear things. You're fucking disgusting. What? <laughs> that you know this? <laughs> I, I it's really struck with me how how you attempted to shame me. For remembering Picard's origin story of being stabbed in the back while playing Domjot as being nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're coming at me for this. It's, it's, no, it's, it's not about knowing that. That one was about just how much... Uh, how much how dense that sentence was with, with yeah, nerd shit. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. I buy that. You, you need a lot of specialty language in there. <laughs> Domjot is what uh, pushes it over the edge. Yes. Now, did you know that Jake Sisko is a really good Domjot hustler? Really? Yes, they established this. He's a hustler, huh? He's a hustler. He's a little racist. Yeah, they could have chosen someone other than the Black Sun to be a hustler, but... <laughs> I think that's going to about do it for today. Unless you have anything else you wanted to, to cover? Um, well... Nah, we'll, we'll get to it next week. Right, what what could you possibly have to say that would also come up next week? Oh, uh, the next episode. Oh, well, all right. Fair enough. I guess I can't really blame that. All right, well, then it, I agree. Next week we will have the next episode. And what is it? I don't know. Join us next time for that. Um, before we go, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, um, Denny's, home of the Tauntaun Men, Pep Boys, home of the Pep Men, and a three-minute oil change. Drop the term readier at either of these establishments for 15% off of all of your purchases. And uh, if you out there are looking for somebody to, um, looking for a podcast sponsor, you can hit us up at our business email uh, at the readier business at gmail.com. That first at was with AT, so AT, the readier business at sign gmail.com, and we can negotiate. Next week, we'll have another episode of TNG. Until then, I want everybody listening and their loved ones to please stay ready. The troublesome little man child. I stand before you defrocked, condemned to be a member of this lowest of species. Thank you, Ensign. Engage. Do you consider yourself superior to us? Should have told him to mind his own damn business. But I stroke the beard thusly. Do I not appear more intellectual? Have you never dreamed of climbing inside the bottle?